Hey, it's Danny Pellegrino from Everything Iconic. Ready to upgrade your style game without blowing your budget? Check out Quince. They've got all the good stuff, shirts and polos, activewear and fine leather goods, all at 50% to 80% less than other high-end brands. And the best part? They're all about safe, ethical and responsible manufacturing. Get that luxury vibe without the luxury price tag. Hit up quince.com slash upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. That's quince.com slash upgrade. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Hello and welcome to this week's Secure the Insecure of Me, Johnny Seifert. Now before you hear this week's episode, I just want to put a disclaimer out there. We are going to talk about drugs, we're going to talk about pornography. If if you are uncomfortable listening to this, please do check out another episode of Secure the Insecure. There's 42 other episodes out there for you to listen to right now. You can be educated in a different way, I really do not want to offend you. But opening up this conversation in this week's episode was really important and I wanted to allow our guest, Geraint, to say what he wanted to say. If you are affected by what you've heard and you have listened, please check out talktofrank.co.uk. On with this week's episode now, this is Secure the Insecure. Secure the Insecure with Johnny Seifert is sponsored by Jennings and Co-Financial Planning, helping to make sense of money. listening to Secure the Insecure, the podcast where I say it's okay to not be okay. I'm Johnny Seifert and every week I'm joined by one very special guest. I want to start by telling you something. Suicide. It's the biggest killer for men under the age of 45. And men's mental health, we still do not talk about. When I go out with my friends who are boys, I like to muck around. I like to be silly. I like to reminisce. I like to just kick off the shoes and just have some fun. With girls, it's different. When I see a girl, I'll have a really nice deep chat. And as you know, on this podcast, predominantly, my guests have been female. And that's a problem. Because we need to get more men talking about mental health how they are feeling, what are they feeling, and how do we change the way they're feeling. During lockdown, a lot of us have had these bad days. I had one last week. And you do get over it, but also we shouldn't be shying away from the fact that it happened. We should almost be celebrating it and saying, look, I've had a bad day. Not everything is all rosé. And so I wanted to do a special podcast this week where, again, we touch on depression, but from a male side. Because two weeks ago, you heard from Denise Welsh and she spoke about The Unwelcome Visitor and it was an incredible, incredible episode. I urge you to go back and listen to it if you haven't listened to it yet. It is the Bible of if you are facing depression or you know someone who has depression and the coping mechanisms attached to it. But I wanted to touch on male depression today. And I wanted you to 
listen to a story and listen to the way that we are treating men's mental health in the mainstream media now. Because I came across a guy who was incredible. He created a film. It's an incredible film called Trick or Treat. It's available on all streaming platforms now. It talks about men's mental health, but actually it looks at a gangster and how a gangster can even have men's mental health. So I'm delighted to say that Gerard Anderson joins me, who created this incredible film called Trick or Treat. So Gerard, before I want to get to Trick or Treat, let's talk a bit about you and where mental health sits in your timeline of events. I think I first became aware of mental health in, in that kind of slightly self-aware, dare I say, adult way when I was about 18 and it was a drug-related issue that triggered something really um, schizophrenic and odd in my own life. So it was just something that happened in a place called Varanasi in northern India involving the consumption of a marijuana-based drink that I think may have been spiked with something. And then I, I really did, I know it's not the right terminology, lose it very, very badly for, for several months um, at the age of 18, which was... Interesting. I, I So I would, for example, when I was speaking, I thought someone else was speaking. My memory span would be no more than a few seconds. So I might sit there and ask someone the time and then two seconds, I'd say, sorry, mate, we got the time. And and I was became I then moved to Kathmandu and I, I, um, I was only 18, remember. And I, uh, so I was a little bit vulnerable and confused. And anyway, and then basically that that kind of slowly but surely it kind of I started getting my bearings back. But that was a real baptism of fire drug related into going into a state that was a bit scary so I was going to as soon as I got back to the UK I decided I was going to go and, and go to a sort of a some kind of psychologist therapist whatever I was going to do something and then in the end I decided not to do that but the interesting after effect of that particular few months of, of real um, slight concern about the state of my mind was that I am now I feel quite strong because once you've kind of fallen off the, the motorbike and you've got back on, um, I feel now very, quite able to take challenges quite well. In the early stages, I was concerned, really concerned, because I kept on hoping that next day I'd wake up and it would be okay. And then it wasn't. And I was like, oh, Jesus, this is still going on. But I had this sort of, sort of nous to actually go, okay, mate, you're 18 years old. You've, I decided also I wasn't going to go back to go to university, even though I ended up doing it back then. I was like, OK, I'm going to continue doing traveling for five years. That's it. And that was suddenly all these things. So I was basically just a kid who was suddenly in a big, wide world. And I think that combined with the drug experience was too much for me. And my poor little brain couldn't handle it. And it, and it literally blew a fuse. And then slowly but surely, it, you know, it, it grew back. And But then having said that, for years after, when I smoked a joint, um, I would start getting the symptoms again. But then these time I'd know that when I woke up in the morning, all was well. But yeah, it was a little bit scary at the time. And as I say, the, the, the only silver lining was that since then, when I've had troubling in mental, mental issues of, of any minor kind, they've just seemed like small potatoes compared to the big, the big event of my life. So therefore, it, it's, it kind of strengthened me in a funny sort of way. So if you knew there was a correlation between taking the drugs or when you smoked that joint and mental health, why did you carry mm. on doing those drugs? Because you're born knowing that drugs are wrong and drugs are bad. So yeah. what made you go to that extreme and then keep at that extreme when you knew what it was doing to you? Yeah, because I was knew I'd wake up and it'd be fine. 
and that's that that's the difference and unfortunately it's a very interesting you know one looks at my i'm actually just in the for the first time in probably 20 30 years i i'm off the source at the moment i haven't had a drink for three weeks which is very very unusual and and and, and all the other things that I, I occasionally do as well and basically it's because it, when i try and analyze this and unfortunately i still i see this in my seven-year-old son just really easily bored so if you're easily bored and you've got quite an active brain and there there, there is a very simple way of um upping the ante and that would be to take a pill or snort a, snort a line or, or you know smoke some weed or whatever so it's an interesting question you ask but i guess if you analyze the downsides and they're not that bad, but the fun is quite a lot of fun, then you um, you keep doing it. But are the highs as high as you want it to be? Are the highs as high and the lows as low? The highs, I'll tell you something. I saw a great quote from Julie Birchall. She said, I didn't, I didn't give up on drugs. Drugs gave up on me. And there's, an, there's definitely an element of that with myself at the age of my mid-40s now. And a lot of my friends, things like Coke, you just see the downside and you just go, no. This is that I was having a lot more fun before I tried this. And not only that, the next two or three days, you can bet you're having an argument with your wife or kids and or both. So, you know, it's it's you you, you one is always making that question. You know, you're, you're always making that calculation. But I would say that um, so far in my life and it probably isn't what you want me to be saying, the upsides of have actually benefited and been greater than the downsides. And indeed, things like book by wrote City Boy, that was written very much Coke-fueled. Uh, Trick or Treat was very much enhanced by magic mushrooms, which I eat quite a lot of uh, living in Wales and all. So, you know, it's it's kind of, And actually, people are looking into psilocybin and seeing a lot of benefits for people with any kind of um, forms of depression and things. I've been reading a lot about it recently. And I just want to say, uh, you know, obviously we're not glamorizing drugs whatsoever. No. And if you have got an addiction or you think you are taking too much, obviously please seek help from the NHS or talktofrank.com is a great website you can access information from. But the idea that you were doing this all drug and fueled is quite interesting because if you had done this all organically and let mm. yourself be happy, you'd have appreciated the happiness because you couldn't have just kept taking those drugs because it will get to a point where you would overdose so if you want to keep those highs and you want to keep yourself creative and if you're writing a book or you're creating a film there's going to have to be times where you can't be on drugs but then you're relying on those drugs to get you through that absolutely and and you know they are a kind of limited tool and they need to be treated with great care and all those things but i you know it's something that we as people in the civilization been doing for thousands and thousands of years i was only telling the story the other day about the truth about elephants who go off their their migration routes and will go to rotting fruit which have produced alcohol and, and a few miles away and, and drink them and, and and you know it's something in us as as human beings i think there's that, that other quote isn't it man makes an animal of himself to forget the pain of being a man i think people who are completely sorted in themselves probably do not need to find artificial means of getting highs but it's a kind of it's an easy an easy way to to achieve that that goal if you want it and sometimes the downsides if, if you're in moderation and you're choosing the right drugs can be limited something like as i say magic mushrooms i see you know as long as you're not trying to drive a car or something or, you know it's it's uh, your your downsides are limited well using that quote you just gave what makes a man for you 
a man for me, if I if and this is very subjective, but it's someone who has a degree of self-awareness, someone who has some wisdom, someone who does not seek to have approval of others and is comfortable in their own skin and someone who, you know, not one of those macho idiots who like Donald Trump, for example, who is basically in the playground and telling everyone how great they are. So to me, those are the qualities. I look, and actually, hand in hand with all those things goes kindness and consideration and not being a selfish idiot. You know, the, the, the manly qualities I'm talking about are not the, you know, American football player, macho nonsense. Those things are pathetic and not to be taken seriously. The, the, what really is a man is, is what I've described, in my opinion. Are you a man? I think so, yes. But I'm, you know, I mean, I, and I, I think that because I am not arrogant. I can laugh at myself. I have a degree of confidence in myself. I'm reasonably comfortable in my own skin. Um, it's, I know things are getting more confused and there's more nuances these days. And I, you know, I, if, if you're asking me whether I'm 100% a man, like, you know, hunt, I, I'm sure I'm not. I'm sure there's, there is a spectrum and I'm, towards one end of it if you're talking about in terms of the things that for someone of my generation is slightly new you know this stuff about it's not binary and, and biology and gender are two very separate things so if we're, if we're going down that route which again I'm, I feel I'm no no expert on and I feel people 20 years younger than me know what they're talking about much better than I do but um, I, I'm beginning to get into that concept as well I'm, I'm my, my old world thinking is slowly but surely being moved out You'll be pleased to hear, I'm sure. <laughs> well, let's go through where you are age-wise now, because in your film mm. Trick or Treat, there was flashes and a lot of meaning around the term middle age can be murder. Mm. It is. It's a really tricky time. Absolutely. Without, I hate to sound depressive or negative because I don't think there's any value in being like that. But if I look around me, many of my contemporaries are having real issues because you're beginning to realize your dreams and are maybe not being realized, may never be realized. Your body is starting to deteriorate. You're going bald and fat. You're, you've got young kids, which are challenging as anything to people, especially if they've lived hedonistic, selfish lives, to suddenly have these, these things that are so much more important and have to be so selfless and self-sacrificing. Your relationship often at around your mid-40s is kind of fairly you know, often is, is not quite the romance period or the, the honeymoon period that might have been when you, you know, most people get together in their mid-30s. Let's say. Your career might be dull. You may be mortgaged up to the hill. I'm seeing so many of my mates struggling. A friend of mine committed suicide about five, six, seven, seven years ago. And I'm not supposed to, you're not supposed to use that word anymore. I suppose he took his own life. Um, it's so many of my mates, they're, they're three, three, two out of my three best friends are in divorced now, just recently. Um, that they're, they're all those with kids and families, their relationships are often very, very tricky and not just not really cutting the mustard. And it is, I hate to say it, but this is clearly a tough gig in your mid forties, unless you're very, very lucky. Um, and, uh, and, you know, it's, 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 uh, it's, it's, as they say, growing old ain't for sissies. <laughs> well, also we need to remember as well. Yes, your friend committed suicide. Uh, mm. Yes, your friend took his own life, 
but also it affected you massively because this is a friend that you should have been able to support but couldn't and you're living with mm. those questions unanswered how are you doing after that happened he wasn't as close as that that i could actually give myself a guilt trip or, or blame myself or anything he was a good a decent enough more like a festival pal i'd see at festivals rather than some bloke i'm calling up at you know regularly like one of my old school friends and i didn't beat myself up about it if he had been one of the inner circle of let's say five six really good friends then i would be asking myself some serious questions about how i couldn't see the writing on the wall etc but yeah i mean it's 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 yeah, it's. I mean, you know, that it's just the, to, to take that particular course of action is is so extreme. It, it's so unbelievable, and yet it is the biggest cause of death for men under the age of forty-five in the UK, which is a, just a shocking statistic. So, one associate or acquaintance that took their own life, two friends mm. that are getting divorced or are divorced. How's mm. the conversations around actual? deep chats rather than just mucking around change for you when you're with your boys there were three friends from school and we get to the nub of the issue and there is no holds barred i see them twice a year when you're all married and one's in portugal and one's in london and one's elsewhere and i live in wales you know and you've got wives and kids and we have a whatsapp group that really is helpful we literally just make each other laugh and giggle with each other and, and be like you know you, they say the age you are with your mates is basically when you met them. Now, I met all these three lads when I was 13. So we've basically got that kind of mentality. Um, it is, we, we know there's no holds barred, really like, it's all loving and friendly and there's a lot of mick taking. Uh, but we're there very much, I mean, to an absurd degree of supportive. And there's one particular friend who, because he's divorced now and he is missing us all, he really is the glue and it's very, very puts the effort in to make sure and and he's very much like those Californians that support each other, and it's 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 a beautiful thing actually. Well, it's important to have those allies, and again, have that space where you can open it up, and whether it's mm. seeing your boys down the pub for a drink or simply a WhatsApp conversation, you've got yeah. to do the laughing and also the seriousness. And if they can't do Absolutely. the seriousness, and they've not grown up, then how is anyone else supposed to, as you defined before, be a man? Yeah, absolutely. You've got to, you've got to have that because you know, man. When men, when you look at most conversations between men who meet each other in the pub and, you know, blah blah blah, so much of it, if you actually read between the lines, is, I'm great. I've got a big dick. I have sex with lots of nice girls. I drive a great car. I earn loads of money. It's all that pathetic playground peacocking, and the bottom line is, is that is just, not connecting with someone in a in a you know it's it's frightened nonsense or it's either that or it makes people laugh and as soon as we get into that's why that i find the company of women actually a lot more often a lot more pleasant if you know i've got my boys but you know because i just find it's just more real and it's more deeper and it's intimate and it's not just that kind of classic male nonsense of look how great i am everyone you know when you read between the lines and that's the most important thing is reading between those lines because you might say one thing and do a completely different, which leads me to your film Trick or Treat, where you're seeing gangsters who are these alpha males actually having mental health problems as well. Yeah, anyone can have it. That that That's one thing I'm really pleased about regarding the last five to ten years. You've got footballers coming out. 
you've got a royal, you've got Prince Harry, you've got Rio Ferdinand, you've got people actually coming out like of the closet almost, you know, and saying, Oi, listen, I've got all this money, I'm really successful, I'm incredibly popular, but I'm absolutely jibbing out here because it's got diddly squat to do with how much cash you got or, you know, how successful on paper you are. You know, you can be bleeding you know any a prince doesn't matter and you can have problems and if you haven't got no one to talk to that about then the, that can get more and more serious like a like a festering wound that doesn't get you know any kind of antiseptic on it and it's like that that's why this my little group of mates and the wife obviously of course and and some to some extent the family but you know it, it, it my brothers and that but you know it's very very important anyone can get mental health issues and if you don't start dealing with it it will probably get worse and you know as you get older you become an exaggerated version of yourself I, i'm seeing things i am as a kid are just getting more and more exaggerated as i get older more and more ridiculous well as you said you've got a seven-year-old son are you noticing certain things about him and these character traits that you don't like because you can see how they're going to manifest in the future and and second on that are you seeing traits in him that you wish you had had when you were his age He's really, really naughty. The nine-year-old girl is sensible, going to do well at school. He has been naughty from the word go. And I'm a big kind of, I was a big believer in nurture, not nature dictating personalities. But this boy has been a nut job since he was about two. And not only that, he is very, very keen to do things and impress people and do things for attention, which unfortunately was my principal motivator up until I probably about 10 minutes ago. No, I still have it in me that the silly showman look at me, which is just, again, it's a bit, and he's got that. And the thing is, is that's led me to drive motorbikes on acid and almost kill myself. That's led me to jump off cliffs. I shouldn't have jumped off and, and you know, like ripped my, my mouth open because of the, you know, it's just what I'm trying to say is I love the boy to bits, but he's got that, 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 particular trait i've used up seven in my nine lives so you know it is a worrying trait to have the look at me check this out i'm going to impress or impress you or gain attention or make you laugh etc you know what i mean 100 percent. i want to ask you a question because i had this thought actually mm. fun enough yesterday and it's about being a parent i'm not a parent i'm 27 years old mm. and i basically wanted a bit of tlc from my parents this week and it was an interesting idea that i thought there's one thing about conceiving a child and having the sex and, you know, the baby being born and do you uh, breastfeed it or give it a bottle? And you mm. start to set their path and it will be what school do they go to, what are they wear. Mm. But that never stops because even now, age 27, I still want my parents to sometimes show me a way of life or to make decisions for me or show me that attention has there been a time and i'm going to talk out of turn but i mm. i hope you i don't offend you with this question has there been Very a time where you have thought i'm a parent and i'm responsible for someone else's actions and i've made the wrong decisions am i up to the job because at the end of the day you're not being paid for it mm. but it's a job that you're doing which is to bring up your boy in a way he should be brought up as society oh, dictates every every day mate every day any I, every day i i say i've i have done i haven't acted like because you're not perfect you know there's a nice perception that you know when you're a kid you're like you put your p parents on this pedestal 
we're just I feel exactly the same as I did when I'm 18. So like every time I swear in front of him, every time I lose my rag, every time I roll a joint in front of him or I'm drunk or whatever. Uh, mate, there's I would say on average about 10 times a day, there are things that an objective fly on the wall could point at and go, that was wrong. That was wrong. Shouldn't have done that. Should have done that better. Uh, oh, absolutely. But you can't beat yourself up. You just have to do as best you can. I mean, no one, there's no, there's no, well, there are guidebooks, but I mean, there's no like, they should actually take at school, they should give you like a, a sort of one term, they should give you a one lesson a week on one on relationships and two on um, parenting. So that, you know, there's just like, especially the relationships one, and especially with all this porn. I mean, my main thing I'm worried about at the moment is them, their mates showing them porn on their bleeding phones and that. I'd have that conversation at 14. I'd say, listen, and by then they would have been showing the most grotty, horrific stuff without a doubt um, in the playground by some geezer who's got a phone who's not got parental controls on it. So obviously we put parental controls on all their iPads and that. Um, but there are other kids. It's impossibility. It's going to happen. But but the problem is, is that the stuff that people people will show each other in the playground. So we, when I was a 14-year-old, you find you find a sort of grotty old porn mag in a bush in, in Ravenscourt Park or something. And you'd all be sort of going, oh, man, that's crazy. Now that's so hardcore and so vicious and so nasty. So you, you, uh, if they do and if ever I found out that they're done, I, I'd want to just say, look, that's not got anything to do with what real sex is and real loving, intimate relations with. That's just animal nastiness that's appealing to the lizard part of your brain. And you want to be thinking about it more as a mammal. Because <laughs> well, I... we, are, we are just apes. We're just chimps, you know what I mean? But we're like, we're a bit more than chimps. And if we can try and behave a bit less like chimps occasionally that's no bad thing well like you said we are all human and we all make mistakes uh in australia they had an advert that went that went viral and it was showing uh these two porn stars who arrived at this 13 year old boy's house mm. the mum opened the door and said you know who are you and the two people went well your son knows who we are and the son went what and they said to the son you've watched me on screen you but i want yeah, to tell yeah, you yeah. you can see my body now it isn't as it looked like on screen we don't like like that we are actors this isn't real but to tell yeah. your seven-year-old son that obviously you can't and he needs that, yeah. to you know make his own mistakes as it when he's older um so it's interesting that you say that and i think that parenting you will get those parenting books about you know how to have a baby and you know the first couple of weeks after mm. but there's no book about when he is seven or when he's 10 or when he's 15 or even when he's 40 or when he's even 60 and mm. you're a grandfather that also yeah. needs to be guided it's all just trial by error it's just but you, you you keep some basics you know you don't hit him you don't um do drastically illegal stuff you know you don't snort coke in front of them you show them love you try and make them as secure as possible you try and be as good a team as possible with your partner you try and have a consistent message you put boundaries i mean there's some basics but um obviously we're not robots and we're gonna break the rules that we set ourselves quite often and the thing is not to beat ourselves up i mean it's all relative as long as you know they're, they're, they're confident without being arrogant and i'm i'm happy Okay. and happy as long as they're happy as well and feel loved and secure and all that stuff yeah well talking about thing. being loved and being happy your film trick or treat is out now for those who haven't seen it yet it's got chris marshall francis barber and craig kelly in it how did you decide who you're going to cast well basically craig kelly is my brother-in-law and he was, was reasonably well known so that was easy so we got so i got him in and i said you've got a brother 
I've got this idea for a film with two brothers, you, and he's got a brother who's act, an actor, Dean Lennox Kelly, who was in Shameless and that, Jamestown. And then I said, and now I'm, what I'm wanting to do is get all your famous mates who are actors to appear in my film for very little cash. Is that okay? And he went, yeah, I can do that. So that was what basically dictated it, mate. And then it was just a question of availability and, uh, and you know, and, and then affordability. And it just all came together. And that's what, you know, it's, it's, it's really, it, it, I'm really pleased and proud of that film. I hope that people who see it, it, it might not be a trendy subject. And then this, uh, without sounding like a Daily Mail reader, it is not very on message with the current environment in a sense, because it's about a white heterosexual male married, blah, blah, blah and his problems, as opposed to what the problems that many people are focusing on at the moment, and rightly so, by the way, in terms of that, those, that particular demographic. But that particular demographic is the one that is, 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 in, in, is struggling in many ways, just as many as, maybe not as many on, on, on other different metrics, but in terms of suicide and things, you know, that's the kind of the group that probably are committing suicide more than anyone else. And for those who haven't seen it, what's the film actually about? So it's about a retired gangster or, or ex-gangster who has um, is depressed and having the grips of a midlife crisis and suddenly his estranged brother turns up with a dead body in the boot and he says listen I'm drunk I've just run this guy over and you've got to help me dispose of the body because I can get 10 years for this and his brother's a bit of a sort of semi-gangstery type and then immediately the doorbell rings just as they're having this conversation and these and the, the brother escapes out into the garden, the two gangsters turn up and say, listen, our boss's son's gone missing. You wouldn't know anything about it, would you? Suddenly there's this just nightmare roller coaster of a night where this poor bloke who is sitting there depressed uh, is taken off by the gangsters and, and has has to find the, the gangster's boss's son. But of course he knows that it's in the boot and it, and it blah, blah, blah. And it just goes and it, it just is like an edge of the edge of the seat, tense, psycho thriller with some surreal bits, some dark humour, and it's from the heart, so I hope people recognise that. It's also an exploration of male depression in the least depressing way possible, because it's trying to just highlight that issue, and I think it, it succeeds on hopefully as well. And it's a, it's a load of fun, it's, it's just 85 minutes, and it's just a, like a roller coaster ride that takes you by the seat of the pants. I completely agree. Daron Anton, you've been amazing. Trick or Treat is out on all streaming sites now. John Anderson, what an amazing guy he was. And I think the fact that he could be so open and we, you know, discussed mental health, we discussed pornography, we discussed parenthood, so many issues in that episode that you've just heard. And it really does open your eyes up to society because a lot of the time we hide away. A lot of the time we kind of get on doing what we do and we don't really think about the after effects. And Joan made a great point. We can make 10 mistakes a day. And as long as we're making those mistakes and learning from them, then we're on the right path. Because it's really easy to get down and think, I've made that mistake and hold that against yourself. And the worst thing is, is that you are your own worst enemy. You are the one who's going to beat yourself up the most. You are the one who can control how happy you are going to be. And that's hard. That's really hard. Life isn't easy. And it really isn't easy when you're beating yourself amongst everyone else who's trying to get at you. 
We live in a ducky dog world. We live in a world that basically everyone wants to be better than the next. So if you're not going to fight your own battles, how do you expect anyone else to fight for you? You've been listening to Security and Secure with me, Johnny Seafoot. I need to ask for your help yet again. I need you to go on to iTunes, go on to the podcast episode and rate that podcast. Please give Security and Secure five stars. Please leave a really nice review because it's so important you help me get up the mental health chart. Gerard's opened up the conversation today that you've just heard all about men and their mental health. Let's keep that conversation going. Let's give a platform for the dialogue to be open that it's okay to not be okay. I'm Johnny Seifert. Thank you so much for listening. Until next week, thank you and goodbye. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com pack for free shipping and 365-day returns. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com style for free shipping and 365-day returns.